Welcome to DT Madness, Chronicles from the Third Life, Episode 21, August 20th, 2022. So glad you could make it. Well, I have to, uh, I have to admit it, I am a selfie guy. I like to snap a good pic down at the river if I'm down with the turtles and I've got all my special gear on, like my Moochie's hat and maybe a tie-dyed tank top with my flannel shirt and my tapered pants, whatever, you know, let you know that I'm being in nature, maybe out in the backyard under the tree at the foundation tower of stone or Maybe at my desk at school, maybe definitely took a few while loading in the boy at App State. And this episode is called Selfie Belief. And although it would probably be a good practice for me to reflect on my desire to take selfies, uh, that's not exactly what the episode is about. In fact, I thought about referring to this one as self-indulgence or something like that because it's a pretty deep dive introspective, a foray, if you will, into the recesses of my mind and considering what I think about myself, what I've thought, what I will have had thought, quoting Sheldon, about myself. But let's start with the wall of belief. If you've been with the Madness Podcast for any amount of time, you know I end each episode by calling out sponsors, which are really just monuments of sorts that we have constructed and or put into practice here at the house. One of the most recent uh, one of the most recent of those is the wall of belief and Sarah painted a lovely river scene on the wall just inside uh, the door when you come in our front door and that river scene is based off of a a picture that Sydney had taken down at the river near the spot where I go and spend a lot of time. Sydney has since modge-podged several quotes around the painting, and, you know, maybe I'll post some close-ups of those particular quotes on my Instagram, dt underscore madness. And I've also just straight up written things down uh, at the bottom underneath the painting, things like next point or know that they'll be loved, um, roar, couple of things that are important to us that we say as a family. But the idea behind the wall of belief is to, well, it's to believe, to believe in yourself. I tell my kids, I want you to believe in yourself. And then I think about this dad that was at the state tennis tournament up in Greensboro. And his kid hit a shot, you know, that, that wasn't great. And the guy yelled, the, the dad, you know, he yells like, come on now, you know better than that. And look, to be fair, I, I get the sentiment and I don't doubt for a second the support and love this dad had for his kid. It wasn't ill-intentioned or anything like that. Like, but, but what does that mean? You know, like when I, when I say a phrase now, you know, a cliche type thing, I think back to that dad and try to make sure that what I'm saying 
is what I think I'm saying. Anyway. And so in thinking about, you know, hey, believe in yourself, my first thought is, well, I have a bunch of different selves. I mean, I, I think, I don't know if I've done this on one of these podcasts before. I know I've written about it before, but like, I could just take the different iterations of my name that I've been called over these four decades. I mean, Daniel, DT, Danny, Dan, which is from my Davidson years, you know, those those beautiful years where they would do my laundry for me so that I could just be a a slob and, and live out of my paper bag, sleeping most of my days away, not going to class. I've been Mr. Thomas, still am, Daddy, Honey, and then, you know, D-Nice. D and then I have a whole bunch of other roles be, beyond just names, father, husband, teacher, mayor, etc. And this is the Chronicles from the Third Life, which indicates first and second life. So, you know, how many selves have I had in the first and the second life? Anyway, I, I think you get the point. But even now, there are, you know, there are parts of me. Maybe using the language different selves isn't quite accurate. Um, but that's, that's how I think about it. So which one of those do I believe in? If I'm going to say believe in yourself, which one is me? And then, well, you know, I, I was cleaning out my desk the other day. Look, I, I am, my classroom is more organized than it has been in decades. It's so organi organized, I barely know where anything is. Now, don't worry, that self of mine that ends up with papers all across the desk is a strong presence and has made himself visible even after three days. But like I said, I was cleaning out things and finding papers from years and years and years ago. And I found a bunch of personal things that I had, you know, that I had stored in folders or whatever along the way. Um, and I found, y'all, I found a reflection type letter slash journal thing that I wrote the weeks before I went to college, the weeks before I went to Davidson. So it would have been like right at the same stage when I was reading it the other day that Sam is at. And it was a journal about the people who had had the most impact on me during my high school years, not including my family. And as I read it and read the words that I wrote and about how much regret I felt about the way I had treated certain people I had this fairly stark realization. I've created this wall of belief with the intent of getting my kids to believe more in themselves. And I realized that I have doubted myself for four decades. I could rattle off my accomplishments. I could have people comment beautiful and encouraging things on my wall or feed or stories. I could have people write me encouraging letters or offer praise to me. And, and I've had that. And I've become really, really good at playing the part of the kid. And now the man who is confident and has all the self-belief. But it was a charade, a, a mirage. Shame, man. Shame. What a freaking burden shame is. It's... It's why I detest guilt trips so much. 
and maybe why I view some religious practices with such distaste. Look, trauma that I experienced at a very young, formative age, of course, I mean, I have no doubt plays a role in this. And then combined with the many decisions I've made along the way, failures real and perceived, times when I felt betrayed and times where I was the betrayer, I had no self-belief. And I would cope with this by seeking approval, craving it, needing affirmation, never feeling equal to those who I was in relationship with, through no fault of the other person, but I just was that insecure. But I'm I'm using past tense here. Is there a really recent past tense? <laughs> a past tense that is like, just in the recent past, English folks? Because that's the one I need. Because this is a fairly new development, but dadgummit, I'm, I'm proud of me. I have belief in myself more than I ever have. I'm proud of the job I do as a teacher. Off to a great start with the different classes, the four different classes I'm teaching this time I'm teaching African-American history and I always start off by, you know, stating the obvious that I'm a white guy teaching this class and the students this time around were kind of like, what does that matter? Who cares? But then after just a few more minutes of talking, I admitted to them that like, you know, my friend Omar that I've been friends with for a long time tells the story of this guy who is a, a pillar of our community still wears his his lanyard that that he works with at the community college when he goes into a store at 7 or 7.30, even though he's been off for a couple of hours, because he knows that if he doesn't have it on, then there will be eyes on him. I don't have to deal with that. And in, and in talking and being real with those students in that way, talking about who wants us to teach history in which ways, one of the students admitted and said, okay, I, I really was skeptical when I heard who you were and that you were teaching this class. But then she said, but you're good people. And I can talk to you like I talked to my grandmama. And I'm pretty good for the rest of the semester on that. I'm proud of the way I am a father to my kids. I'm proud of the way I'm a husband. I even painted my ring finger orange. Why? Well, because I didn't want to put peanut butter and oil and rub it all on my face. If you know, you know. I'm really proud of the job I'm doing as mayor. It took me a while to kind of settle into the role, but, you know, making tough decisions and building bridges, not operating out of spite or pettiness, like doing what I think is best for the town and all the entities involved around town and trying to, to um, you know, build unity with the council and, you know, praising and encouraging the staff. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm proud of that. And look, like, I, I'm not talking about this pride, like, in an inflated kind of way. I'm not arrogant about all of this. I'm not thinking of myself, you know, better than others, more than I ought. I just know that I'm trying the best I can in all of these situations and roles, kind of like Maya Angelou says, I'm doing the best I can with what I know now, you know, and when I know better, I'll do better. 
And that's part of my practice too, like being reflective with a willingness to amend when necessary. So yeah, it it took me 44 years and a half, but this is kind of nice, this self-belief. And I think maybe it comes together in this sense, like I don't necessarily have belief or confidence in the various selves, like with the lowercase s, but I have grown in my belief in my capital S big self, that self that maybe consists in ways, it, it, it consists in ways of those other selves, like it's made up of those other smaller selves, but it goes beyond that. The self that will always be, that is eternal. The self that's bigger than me, it's us. It's you and me and us. The Christ, the body of Christ. And that self, that self, yeah, that leads to hope. Which is the subject of the second half today. But first, let's take a quick halftime break. Now, I have to admit, this halftime break is going to still be kind of heavy. Talked about moving uh, Sam into App State. We moved him in on on Monday. And, uh, man, it's like, for those of you, if you're you're a parent and you've had a kid go to college, um, I I haven't. This is my first go-around with anything like this. And so it's just different, man. Like he's been gone for a couple weeks at a time, but this is a new thing. It is a new thing. We're adjusting and, you know, he's settling in perfectly well so far. And, um, but it's just things like this dude, my son, my oldest boy, if you don't know, he's got a huge head of hair. He started growing it during the pandemic and he hadn't had a haircut in, I don't know, three years, I guess. And so, the 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 moments where I have almost lost it and started to cry were things like when I was cleaning out their shower drain right before he moved up, thinking like, "Man, I'm not gonna have, I'm not gonna have to do this as often." Um, and uh, you know, things like he's had a box fan that's been running probably for two and a half years without ever being turned off, and I I turned it off the other day and got all choked up and teary eyed, you know, like. Because, you know, it's like, I don't know. You ever watch Goodwill Hunting? If you watch Goodwill Hunting, there's a great scene where Robin Williams is talking about missing his wife who is, who is gone now. But, but like, he is talking about how she used to fart in her sleep and wake herself up. And, you know, all of the other things, the big giant characteristics that we think about. But it's those idiosyncrasies, you know, that make up life. And so I think, like, you know, this the fan and the and the the hair in the drain like those little things it's it's those little things that you that you miss being around it's those little things that we should value the individuality of each other the the strange characteristics that we each bring anyway i guess i should also tell you to to lighten it up since this is halftime that my scarecrow my scarecrow was given an award by the North Carolina Agricultural Extension Office, like won the grand prize. My my scarecrow won the grand prize because they said he was outstanding in his field. But But yeah, like I said, anyway, back to 
one more time with App State. We took him up Sunday. App State had it going on, y'all. Like, when I first saw the line of cars, I thought, man, we're going to be doing this for an hour. But it was like 15 minutes, you know, Zoom up, people helping, just super kind. It was a well-oiled machine. And we got him moved in. And moving in a, a guy is pretty good, I think. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm being sexist here, making stereotypes. But it seems like the girls moving in had a lot more stuff. Um, anyway, it was a great day. It was just a great day. Like, we had a, a good time. The rush of moving into college the first time. It was kind of raining a little bit, but not too bad. I'm going up back tomorrow morning just to take some stuff. Got to take up his shoes and a, a Bob Ross poster and a couple of other things. Going to grab a, a coffee with him and maybe some lunch if he's got time. But he's got all the things going on. But, you know, moving in, we cried our own tears for sure. And uh, the way we had it set up, Sarah stayed up with him um, and helped him. Like went to, Took him to Walmart and got him some extra stuff that we had not thought about, like a rug or whatever. And it gave her an opportunity to spend that little bit of extra time. And so that was the plan. And so Sydney and, and Isaac rode home with me. And as we were driving home, we rode right on the edge of this dark storm. I mean, the sun on one side of the sky, making the, the contrast with the gray cloud super extreme. But of course, with that kind of setup, we had the rainbow. It was a double rainbow. What does it mean? It was so vivid. It really was. Like, you know, the, the blue and the purple and the indigo or whatever, it almost was double on the bottom. I don't know. It was wild. We, we stopped and got out of the car and took pictures with it and all that kind of stuff. It was, it was really, it was really cool. Um, and look, I mean, I understand the basic science of it all, but I couldn't help apply the symbolic significance of it as well. And and later I heard the song Like Beyond the Dream by Fish. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. Keep dreaming. Keep on dreaming. There's an episode of DT Madness called Freedom Summer, which is a thing that we tried to practice the past couple of months to, to break out of this funk that the COVID, uh, et cetera, had, had put us in. Um, you know, we made some good playlists. And Freedom Summer was a was a good time for us. Um, we were able to make some breakthroughs, and um, it was good. Like, we had a good time. And now we're moving into, I mean, school's back. So now we're moving into what I'm calling, for our fam, the uh, the fall of hope. But but a brief detour before we get to that, to, to provide some contrast for that rainbow of hope. I, I read a post the other day. I'm not trying to be like this. I read a post the other day about like why churches are struggling and it was because they're not putting God first or something like that. And like people used to walk through the mud and across the Creek and, but now they make all the excuses and, and I, I, whatever I, I, that's fine. I get it. But I don't know, man, I'm not buying that one. Cause here's the thing. As long as the churches are peopled with people who, Oh God, how do I say it? I'll just say it you ever been around somebody who when they talk about black people they they whisper black like what is that it seems to be older people i guess but when they're when they're like they don't want to say black out loud like does that come with a wink and a nod i'm not sure um or perhaps i am sure and that's the problem but like somebody who was who was working at the school temporarily 
um, talking about how the, all the new teachers seem to be black, you know, like, and this is the church people. And then talking about how, oh, I mean, look, I don't, I'm not a big fan of bureaucracy. I understand the trappings of bureaucracy. Let me say it that way. But like these positions that we have, like graduation coaches and, 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 you know, coordinators for things like trio and have y'all come to my classroom, come to my classroom and look at the 20 kids. And then if you know the backstory of those kids, there is a huge need for support personnel more than we actually have. And then this person was grumbling and going on and talking about how they're always providing chips and stuff for these kids every time you look around. And then and then this person made the comment like, that's probably where all the supplies for my backpack ministry end up. And I'm like, if you're going to do the backpack ministry, don't be pissed off because, you know, like, just what? What? So I don't think it's about people not wanting to walk across the creek, man. I don't, I don't know. Just, I think those people who are, I, I saw a, a sticker just today, like, cross all the things on there and then also beside that alex jones was right what i mean don't 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 do all that and then expect especially younger people look whatever i I don't know the reasons why there's a huge exodus from the traditional version of the churches those reasons i'm talking about is is why i am very hesitant and skeptical so anyway but but that's not how i want to roll with the church of six So let's move back from the chasm of what I'm against into the firm footing of what we're for. I'm for you. Yourself. I want for me and for you to discover the value and worth of you. Of yourselves. But primarily that you belong. That you bring value. That your part of the big self, capital S self, is as meaningful as anything in the universe. We are a part of each other. And too often we are like coals drawn from the fire, each of us looking for salvation by ourselves. Get that quote from Thin Red Line. And I'm for you falling into hope. And it's just that. I recognize the double meaning. It's fall, it's coming up, the fall of hope, but also it is about falling. Jesus talks about it, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. And of course, that is a foretelling of the great Pascal mystery itself, the mystery of death leading to resurrection, to life. Where weakness is strength, the world turned upside down. The traditional view of power mocked, as it says in Colossians. I know the good book. There's a falling involved, a failing of sorts. It's not an easy road. It's narrow, the word says. It's not just a formula you can complete to check off some box and then go on living in your self-righteous way Complaining about who's using chips for your backpack ministry. It's a process of carrying your cross, of loving your enemy, 
of giving your stuff away, of losing your life to gain it, and knowing that the hope that is sought after is worth every dang grueling step. And not just in the the afterlife, in the so-called hereafter, not just later, but now, here, now. It's in seeking and finding hope in all the things, whatever, movies, relationships, good food, peaceful creeks and rivers and sunsets and music. Oh, man, I was so sad. Like, I'm going to tell you, if you're a parent and you got kids and they haven't gone to college yet, like drop off, the drop off is a thing and you'll shed your tears. But that day or two after, whew, that's when I was sad and I was sad. And then I was listening to a song called Reba. Just a real jazzy, beautiful jazzy tune by Fish. And like I got caught up in it. And there was sadness, but it was hope-filled. It was just indescribable. The way that I, I don't know, that feeling that I was filled with. It was hopeful. It's art, not just as entertainment. Although the root of that word seems to mean holding together. But I mean not just as distraction, but as edification. As something that builds and yields hope and grace and love. And maybe even more than just edification, maybe even challenging. Forcing us to reflect and revise our perspectives to become more and more like the one, the Christ. It's hoping here and now in things like in things like university. And I mean what that word really means. University, where we can get past all of this division between science and the arts and religion and theology and philosophy. And like we can work towards putting all of that back together, where we view education not as a means to an end to, to become cogs in the economic will, but, but because education, because learning makes us more fully human because we gain perspective into the beauty of this whole thing but also gain perspective into how other people see things how they have lived it's hoping here and now for unity the life beyond a dream don't give up hope it all seems so naive i know i know it seems that way and and perhaps it is but you know what i'm sticking with my belief in the possibility of unity among all of God's creatures. And I'm sticking to my drive to do my part to what I can to foster that into reality. Maybe it will cost me my life. I expect nothing less. So hope now, but also then, always, I rest in that grand design of the one. The notion that we will all live together in our full humanity someday, somehow, in perpetuity, eternally. The notion that, uh, that, that the goodness of God has already burst into our existence, but is not yet complete. But that we get to help build like, like the things that we do, the, the joys and the, the love and the peace and the patience and that those are building blocks for that future forever magic and glory. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's something to hope for. Anyway, I'll end with a practice that has been really good for me. 
and I need to try to find a place to do it beyond just the river now that I don't get to go down there as much. But when I go to the river, especially in the morning, and I sit out on the rock, like when the river's down, I go way out and just sit there cross-legged, you know. And then I close my eyes and, and breathe. And as I breathe in, I am breathing in the, the sorrows, the, the fears, the worries, the, the concerns, you know, that I have for individuals in my life and sometimes perhaps greater systems, you know. I always start with my family. But as I, as I breathe that in, when I breathe out, this is not a practice I, I made up on my own. I picked this up along the way. When I breathe out, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of exhaling all of that into the hands of God, you know, into, into the goodness of God, who I believe, who I hope, you know. I hope in the goodness, in the redemption, you know, in all things being made new. That's my hope. So I breathe that out. And sometimes I, you know, sometimes it's a couple inhalations if it's something for real that's been really heavy for me. And sometimes when I exhale, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a, an audible vibration, an audible moan. And I start with my family when I do that. But then I think about you. I really do. I think about the people who listen to this. Um, the Church of Six. You know, the Church of Six is is me and my four people, the five of us plus you. That's the six. So anyway, I don't know. I, I think that's a really good practice because obviously the breathing is good and, and, and calming physically, but then that that intentionality of focusing it's prayer. What you know, re, I should have I should have written it down. Mary Oliver's got a great a great poem about prayer and how it doesn't have to be the, I think she says it's not the blue iris. It can be the weeds growing in the concrete. It doesn't have to be beautiful and well-constructed, you know, it doesn't have, have to be verbal. All right. But I'm, I'm hopeful for you to believe in yourself. I'm thankful for that belief and I'm hopeful that it will continue for me. And I, I, I wish that we would all be able to fall into hope. Sorry if I got carried away there a little bit. This has been a Church of Six production brought to you, of course, by the Wall of Belief. Brought to you by the Foundation Tower of Stone and the bucket of life and the magic rock which now resides in Boone, North Carolina. Believe in yourself and hope and don't forget to be live. Peace, my friends.